We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Oh, everybody. I'm still, I'm trying to get the levels straight. Okay, so, uh, why has it been so long since I've done a podcast? You're asking yourself, not really. Uh, it has been a long time because, oh, first of all, I have to say, happy Jessica Jones week, everybody. Uh, that's right, uh, Jessica Jones premiered on Netflix on November 20th, and people are binge-watching like crazy, as well you should. That show is amazing. Although I have to admit, I am uh, 10 episodes in, and it's starting to fall apart a little bit. Just a little bit. And uh, so anyway, so I'm hoping that, uh, you know, it, it keeps it together for the next three episodes until it's finished. So, uh, oh, musically, today we are doing Zirkus. Uh, we have done Zirkus on the show before, but this is an entire episode of Zirkus. And um, I, you know, I, honestly, I'm running out of music. I've, you know, I did little bits from here and there, and I don't want to repeat myself, and now it's just like, all right, well, let's just do this. This is one of those albums that I listen to, and I, every time I listen to it, I'm like, why aren't I listening to this every day? This thing is amazing. Uh, just, um, yeah, I've already talked about Zirkus before, so we, you know, go back and listen to... Um, the fan art episode, and that's when I talk uh, more about Zirkus. I only reason I know that is because I looked it up. Don't think I'm super amazing and have this, you know, um, uh, uh, not Lynn Redgrave. What's that bitch from Taxi? Oh, she's not a bitch. Alan, why'd you have to do that? She's a nice lady, even though she's a little weird. Mary Lou Henner. Yeah, she wrote a book about poop at one point and about what poop means about your health. Okay, let's be honest. It wasn't a whole book about poop. I mean, it was a book about health with some poop talk in it. Now, you would think I would like a poop talk book. I guess I... I no, I don't. I, was, I tried to find it in my soul, deep, deep in my soul, about where I would love a book about poop. Nope. Uh-uh. No. Farts, maybe. Sure, but poop? A whole book on poop? No, uh-uh. I, I'm out. I fold. Uh, okay, so, oh, right. What have I been up to, you've asking yourself? Go ahead. I'll give you a second. You ask yourself. Funny you should ask. Um, I, uh, well, let's see. The last episode was in September, also because I know I looked that up, uh, but all of October, um, let's see, I was sick a week, and that's, nobody wants to listen to me do a podcast when I'm sick, uh, and then uh, I spent a week in New York uh, on a business trip. Now, this is the subject of what we're going to talk about today. Uh, the New York trip was really strange um, just because it was just you know I don't 
I don't, I believe in coincidences. I don't believe it is the universe trying to tell me anything, right? It's just, it's a coincidence. That's all it is. But it was so weird being on this trip and having so many coincidences and just being like, oh, all right. I don't, I don't know where this is all coming from, but, um, let me just tell you, I like got a read from my list about what they are. Okay, so um, one of the things that I was really wrestling with on that New York trip, and even before that, for a while now, it, I, I sort of felt like I just really wasn't happy. Uh, and I couldn't figure out why. Um, you know, obviously... I never planned on having kids and now we've got a kid and that's a huge adjustment and I was wondering if that was the reason but it really didn't feel like it and then I had this feeling of like okay so maybe I'm just disappointed with my career or I'm you know because I've always wanted to do something great and I just I, I don't I can't um, and then I, I brought that up to some people and they were kind of like, well, you know, maybe it's not this or not that. And so I'm just like, I was just sort of floundering around, just trying to figure out like, what is it that I'm struggling with that is not, I'm just not as happy. Good news. Stay tuned, true believers, because, um, there may be a solution to this at the end of the rainbow. So we're going to find out. But anyway... So one of the so one of the movies that I watched on the plane out there was Chris Rock's Top Five. Um, watching that movie, I mean it's a good movie, um, but watching that movie made me feel not so bad about my acting ability. Um, Chris Rock, he's he's done some acting. Uh, he continues to get um, hired for things, and boy, he he's it, when it's him. Acting as him, it's fine. Uh, but when he has to do any kind of reaction to a thing, then it gets a little weird. And if you've seen the movie, uh, there is a scene at the very, very end of the movie where he meets DMX in jail, where he looks, he makes a face that looks like somebody put um, just a. Uh, uh, lemons and jizz and um, and uh, uh, silly putty in his shoes and and the smell and the feel just makes him make this face that's so ridiculous and so over the top that I'm like oh okay good yeah all right you know you you had the option for take two and you didn't take it that's that's what you went with huh nobody nobody said mm, no maybe not no how about no expression? How about that? Because, you know, I think that when, like, we are surprised, I think the initial reaction is nothing. You're, like, confused. You're trying to figure it out. And I'm not talking about, like, boo, surprised. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did I surprise you? What face are you making? I know. Quick, look in the mirror. What face? Okay. Um, yeah, and Chris Rock, if you're listening to this, because i sure, why not? Uh, look at your face, because that's the face you should have made in top five. And, in fact... Why don't you George Lucas up top five and then just reshoot that last scene and just put that 
back in. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean that. I did not come here today to shit on Chris Rock. Uh, again, as we know, I don't love the poop talk. Uh, okay, so um, also in top five is a lot about drinking. And I have been thinking for a while that I have been drinking too too much, too frequently. I mean, I'm not going crazy. It's not like I'm one of these guys who just, you know, wakes up vomiting every day. No. Uh, but, you know, I, I shouldn't be drinking every night of the week. And I, most of the time, that's not the case, but still, you know. And so drinking is a big, big factor in top five. So I'm flying out. This is the movie I'm watching as I'm flying out there. And I'm like, okay. Um, and then, oh, the other interesting thing that happens in that movie is the one, the whole thing takes place in New York. The one place they name check is Union Square, which is the where I am staying. I am staying at the Hyatt Union Square. So if any of you stalkers out there want to know where I am in New York, just come and find me at the Hyatt Union Square, perhaps in the fitness center. Uh, or that weird egg place across the street. Eh, I can't call it weird. I ate there every day of the week. Oh. Uh, the song Lichtenstein. Uh, I just had to bust out that jam right then. It was great. So now, what's interesting is all of these ideas are just in the movie Top 5, right? And I'm like watching this movie and I'm like, wow, you know, he's dealing with this, a lot of the same things that I'm dealing with. This is crazy. So then I get to New York and um, I should mention that the people I sat next to I, I don't usually talk to strangers, um, but he, I, I can't remember how we got to talking, but I, we, we didn't talk a lot. I it changed, you know, oh, I see you're reading that book. Is that helping you? And it was all about, you know, how to train like a Navy SEAL. And I was like, hey, that seems like it could be interesting. Um, so, so then I get to New York and the coworkers that I'm with, Ah, oh, make me Hollywood. This is a great song. So good. Anyway, um, all of these things can be uh, available for the album Zirkus. It's the, the uh, uh, title is called Smashes. And it's got some other songs that are from their earlier work that are not so great, but these are fantastic. Anyway, so I talked to the people on the plane, and then uh, I get we get there, and then we decide to go out to lunch the next day, and... Um, the co-workers who work in New York are like, well, let's go to this ramen place. Ramen. Okay. Tangent. What the hell? Right? Like, it's noodles. When did we all decide that ramen was great? Because you remember everything between the 70s and like nine, uh, 2005, right? No ramen. There were ramen in other countries, but no ramen in the United States. And then somebody opened one place and now everybody is crazy for ramen. And it seems a little disingenuous. Just, it feels a little hive-mindy to me, where it's that idea of like, if just enough people say it, then it just becomes true. Ramen's not that great, right? Like I was, 
I was, we were figuring out where we're going. And everybody's like, oh, ramen, ramen, ramen. And this other guy who works in New York, he goes, hey, can we go someplace else that doesn't have just wet noodles? Yes, thank you, sir. Ramen is not that good. It's soupy noodles. I like, if you want soup, go get soup. But this, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not in. It's like, it's like all the white guys now who love rap music, okay? Again, I'm sure there were white guys in the 80s who liked rap music, but now it's every guy. Like, we were on this trip, and we would, you know, sit around, you know, trying to make conversation with these coworkers, trying to find some common ground, and it's just like, okay, what are you into? What are you into? And this guy was like, you know, and, and, and music always came up, and every single person was like, oh, I like this rapper, and I like that rapper, and I like hip-hop, and I like this, and I'm just like, really? When did every white guy in the country decide to like rap? It just seemed so like, this is the thing we do now. Um, so anyway, oh right, I did announce tangent now. Oh, so then we get to the ramen place. I'm standing there for like two minutes and I'm like, okay, A, there's a line, not interested in that. B, not interested in soupy, soupy noodles. And C, I know there's a Philly cheesesteak place around here, so I'm gonna go there. And as I'm walking out of the ramen place, the couple who sat next to me on the plane are walking in. Frank and Annie, I think her name was? Anyway, it was, it was the strangest thing. Cause it's not like we were in Bentonville, Arkansas. We're in Manhattan, right? Eight million people. What are the chances that they are there? I mean, granted, we're at this highly reviewed Yelp, you know, starred place. So it's not like we just met in an alley somewhere. I mean, clearly they were going because they wanted good food, but still it was weird. And it really, it honestly kind of shook me up for a while. It was just like, this is the, what are the chances of this? And uh, sadly though, I did not see them on the flight home, even though we were flying out the same day. So uh, the other thing that was really weird about that trip um, was on the way home, um, there was a uh, a um, a guy who was sitting there, and the stewardess was spending a ton of time with him. And so I just kept looking at him like, what the hell? What's going on here? Like, why is she spending so much time with this guy? And he had this giant, uh, like, uh, spiral notebook that he was just writing in. And he was showing her things and all this. And I'm just like, is he working on a movie script? Like, who is this asshole? And so finally she got up and started to head back. And I flagged her down. And I was like, what's the deal with that guy? And she was like, oh, he's working on making a list of what how he can make his life happier. Like, because he's not happy, and he's reading all these books, and he's taking the best from all of them, and he's learning how to be happy. And I'm just like, God damn it, again, again with the happiness thing? But it was so weird that it was seemed to be this running theme through the entire trip. I have something in here, too, about seeing an old co-worker. Um, I'm not sure what that is. Because I don't 
think I saw an old coworker on that trip. No, pretty sure I did not. Well, anyway, it was a very interesting uh, trip full of coincidences. And again, I don't know, is, is, is the uh, universe trying to tell me something that I haven't already told myself? Oh, so I'll just jump to the end. So, here's another weird thing. Um, I parted feeling, so uh, I was reading online like maybe two weeks ago, and it was, eh, more than that, uh, like a couple of months ago, and it said, oh, here are some weird things. If you have low testosterone, here's some weird things. And they were all, and they were kind of weird, but the one that jumped out at me was dry skin. And my skin has been getting drier progressively a lot. And I was like, huh, let me think about that. I'm sad a lot. I got dry skin. Huh. Let me see if uh let me see if there's something to that. And I had this over-the-counter testosterone booster that um, I got from Puritan Pride, uh, which is a vitamin shop. Boy, howdy, I think that might be it. I took a, I took a test that I haven't gotten the results back for, but I took a blood test to see if I really do have uh, low testosterone. Oh, hang on, I gotta plug in my laptop. And so that maybe I, I actually do feel happier. Now, it could be the fact that I like the idea of having more testosterone. Like maybe it'll make me work out better or stronger or faster or harder. And that idea of like, ooh, sciencey experiment on myself. Like maybe that's all it is that's making me happier. But I kind of think there's something to it. And in fact, Miriam um, said earlier, even before, before that, she was talking about how, you know, as men get older, the testosterone drops. And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah. And uh, she was like, because she went to this 50th wedding anniversary of a uh, uh, friend's uh, parents. And she was like, yeah, that dad, man, he cried like crazy at that, at, you know, just given the speech. He's totally dro drooping his testosterone. And I was like, oh, huh. Maybe there is something to this. So, stay tuned, man. Hopefully, um, I'm. Uh, this is gonna work, uh, and I won't be so sad all the time. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, and it's great to have boners all the time. It's it's a lot of fun. So um, the. The other thing that also I feel is very hive-mindy is this whole thing, and I don't know if you saw it online, there was this whole rage for a while talking about the dad bod, which is like, you know, a guy who used to be in shape and then he had kids and then he couldn't get to the gym as much as he used to and so he's a little doughy and all the women were like, I love the dad bod. No, no, you don't. The reason why I know you don't is because Magic Mike XXL, which has almost no plot at all, did super, super great at the box office, and all I hear from women who saw it was like, it's the most amazing movie ever. So, shut up, 
with your lies, okay? Just let's all be honest. And I, and I, and I feel really that we do have a problem with honesty in this country where people just can't be like, how are you today? I feel like crap. Thanks for asking. Like, there's none of that. It's always, I'm great. And even more than that, like, you can't even say, oh, I feel good. I'm, I'm okay. No, people lose their minds. And they're like, no, come on. You should be feeling great. No, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm okay. You know, I'm, I'm chugging around. I'm doing my work. Yeah, it's fine, you know. Uh, it seems like everybody, like, they can't handle the extremes. If you go in any one direction, people are just like, no, you need to be just a little bit better than happy. And that's it. Ugh, oh, My Astoria. What a great song. All about the uh, comic book. Uh, it's the one about the aardvark. It's been around for like 20 years. Anyway. Um, oh, but um, the other thing. So I can't remember if I talked about this before, but when... When we were with the people back east, all they do is watch TV because there's nothing else to do. And they watch this show with these Alaskan wilderness people and just go online. It's, I can't remember what the name of it is. It's like the Alaskan bush people or something. And it's this whole family and they've got like six kids and they want you know and the and the story is that they're living in rural remote far away from everything um alaska but the truth is is they live down the street from a pizza place they've got a neighbor that's pissed off that helicopters are constantly flying over the overhead who lives i don't know a hundred feet from them and and as it turns out um, two of the members had to plead guilty for um, falsely reporting that they live in Alaska. How's that for fun? Yeah, so in Alaska, if you live there year-round, um, the government gives you money to live there. Uh, theoretically, it's to work on the pipeline, but they don't make, they don't care where you work. They just want you there. I guess I don't know. Hell, I don't know why you would why they would pay you just to be there. But anyway, so these guys lied uh, to being, and I don't even think you have to be there year round. I think you only have to be there like nine months out of the year. But anyway, they lied to the American government and said, "Yes, we're there all the time," and it turns out not so much. But this is the thing about reality television, right? Like, it's just riddled with this, where it's just like, it's all cooked and contrived and and nothing is real, nothing is reality. It's just all just garbage. Uh, the la it, it, But it's so weird because it did feel like once upon a time, we did have reality TV and then just, I don't know. Was it not exciting enough? Was it just... You know, they needed more and more, so it wasn't, you know, most people don't have exciting lives. And, uh, you know, they just, 
well, we got to generate something. We got to get you doing something, right? Like that Anna Nicole Smith show. Holy smokes. If they didn't have her doing stuff, she'd just be sleeping all day. You can't really. I mean, I, I don't know. Oh, wait. Here comes the great rap break um, in uh, Maya Astoria's song uh, because the writer was listening to a lot of NWA. Every time I think I got that dish down. I'm sorry, not NWA. It was Public Enemy that he was listening. So that's obviously a lot of, you know, Flava Flav and that other Chuck D. Haha. See, I'm a white guy who loves rap music. Bass, how low can you go? Death Row, what a brother know. Once again, back is the incredible, the rhyme animal, the unstoppable, the public enemy number one. Yeah, that's me. I love rap. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I uh, forgot to mention karaoke. <clears throat> so you would say, so what? <laughs> We've all done karaoke. Oh, but this was the train wreck of all train wreck karaoke's. So um, normally when people do karaoke nowadays, they go to a room and then it's them and their friends and then they can sing all the bad songs that they want and, and it's, it's fine. Um, so... Uh, but my friend who was visiting from Japan, he says, I've got the karaoke spot that I used to go to all the time, all the regulars. I want to go there. And so it's one of those places where, you know, you perform in front of a crowd and, uh, you know, it's it. Be, he liked it because it was, you know, all the same people. And he was kind of a rock star and he was the white guy who could sing in the middle of Japantown. We go, and I've been to this place with him before, and it was fine. It's very small. And uh, we get there, and it's just packed with dude bros. Just tech geeks with popped collars, and, and, and it's, it's just nobody can sing. Uh, it, it, there were people there who picked... Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, in what part of your brain are you like, oh, a 10-minute rock opera with an insane range? Oh, that's for me. I want to do that. No, no. So, um, it, there were two guys there who were so drunk that, um, just... They could barely stand. Like, I didn't know how they were still conscious. And in fact, if you see the poster image on the MP3 of this episode, that's one of the guys. And he just looked so ridiculous. I asked, he said, hey, can I get your picture? And he was like, yeah, man. And I was like, all right. So the way, so it was, it was real bad when, when we got there. And then, so here, um. Right in here, I'll, I, I don't I don't have it in yet, but I'll just put the part where people are doing um, karaoke in the background. So we're we're uh, we decide uh, we had done karaoke before, and we had done Man of Constant Sorrow from the uh, Coen Brothers movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? 
We really enjoyed it. We got pretty good at doing the harmonies, and we said, okay, we're gonna do that again. And I found it in the book, and so, you know, we did it. Now, here is a key thing to do. For those of you who are going to do karaoke, um, not every arrangement is the well-known arrangement. Uh, so there was this rock and roll version of this song, and it was completely different than what we, we, we were used to. And in fact, it was so different we just couldn't figure out, like, I couldn't figure out where to come in because I'm supposed to be to do the harmony parts after him, and it was just a train wreck. So I just called an audible, and I just decided, you know what, I'm going to, I, you know, if you remember that time I went to the Chicago business trip, um, I uh, had done a metal version of Karma Chameleon. So I dusted off that chestnut, and... Uh, decided that, okay, I'm going to do the harmony parts to this, but I'm going to do metal. So uh, the song, you know, is I am a man of constant sorrow. And then I would be in the background going, sorrow, 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 you know, to just try to like metal it up. And then, and then I was marching around the stage uh, just because it was just so ridiculous. Like, why not? And I was doing like, you know, like you see those guys in the mosh pits, they're like super serious and they're not actually moshing and they're not jumping around. They're just slowly like marching around like I'm doing that. And then, and then let's see, what else did I do? I did like a virgin, but I sort of tried to do like a sexy Marilyn Monroe version. And it was funny because the woman in the audience could tell I was getting lost and I wasn't following the song and so she was like singing along to like try and help me and I'm just like like a virgin hey thank you because I'm thanking her for like trying to help me out in this nightmare of a thing and then um we so I so I did that and then um the other dude bros are doing their horrible things. There was at one point some other and some new people came in. I don't understand where all these white people are coming from, right? Like it's not, we're in Japantown in the mall in Japantown. Like it's not like, you know, the Mint, which is a karaoke bar that's like right on Market Street. And it's very easy to like just walk past it and hear people doing karaoke and say like, hey, we're doing karaoke, great. Like when I was in New York, I had friends who I was visiting out there on this business trip. And uh, one of them said, hey, there's a karaoke place next door. Let's go do karaoke, great. But to like make that a destination, like where are you that this is what your plan is and that you're that bad at singing that you would do this in front of a lot of people. So anyway, so one of these super, super drunk guys walks past some new people that had come in. And one of them was a very large, tall man uh, who I think may have some anger issues. And so uh, the the drunk drunkiest uh, of the bunch uh, walked by his wife and I guess was probably stumbling and was trying to get past her because it's crowded in there and the tables are close to everybody else and so uh, somebody got the wrong impression and maybe that he was uh, rubbing up on his wife and so the very tall man 
seemed like he wanted to fight somebody. And uh, he's yelling at this guy from across the other side of the bar. And then I went to the bathroom, uh, not to hide, but to just because I had to. And I came back and the new people were now gone. So I kind of wish I had seen how, I mean, I was waiting. I was waiting for some shit to go down and uh, nothing happened. So I was just like, All right, I gotta go to the bathroom. So, um, the the other insane part... Oh, this is another crazy coincidence that happened. So, <clears throat> the Friday before karaoke... Uh, karaoke was on Saturday. Um, I... Uh, I was uh, at work, and somebody had said something about she's so... Un- or he's so unusual... And then I started thinking about She's So Unusual, which is Cyndi Lauper's debut album, the one that's got, you know, girls just want to have fun on it and all this stuff. So I say to my coworker, the coworker who is in closest age to myself, and I said, oh, you know, now I've got uh, Cyndi Lauper stuck in my head, and uh, I keep singing Shebop, which, of course, you don't really want to tell people at work, because Shebop's actually about jerking off. So uh, I said, oh, yeah, I got Shebop stuck in my head now. And he said, uh, I, I don't know what that is. And so I explained it to him. And then Saturday comes around, karaoke. And all of a sudden, the second drunkest guy, the guy on the poster image here, he puts on, he starts singing Shebop. And I'm like, what? This doesn't make any sense. So I start singing, but, but you see, he's out of his mind. He can't even sing. He's just standing there with the microphone in his hand, kind of squatting down and kind of leaning around. <clears throat> and so finally, I, I, I'm i like, hey, can I help your friend? So I run up on stage and I start singing Shebop because nobody else is going to sing it with him because everybody else is, you know, 20 years younger than me. So I start singing Shebop and um, there's a musical break in there. Good God, why do people put musical breaks in karaoke songs? Because you just don't... I mean, it's... Look, it's obviously karaoke. When I was doing the guys who were do karaoke tracks, like, it made sort of sense because, you know, they didn't... Know, like, maybe there, somebody could do a saxophone solo or something. But this is a karaoke bar. These are specifically karaoke songs to be sung. No one is bringing in a saxophone. There should be no musical breaks. So anyway, so the musical break comes along and I look over at Drunky Guy and I start saying like, karate, punch, punch, karate, punch. And he starts like sort of like punch in the air because he looked like he was sort of in a karate stance when he was doing it. So I'm having him punch the air just so we could do something with this goddamn train wreck of an evening. And then, and then the song after the musical break goes on for, I think, far longer than the original version. So then I start screaming, into the, or I, I'm singing into the microphone, but I'm but I'm making up my own words now about how will this song ever end? It seems to go on forever. Oh, that was the other thing too. When I did my version of Like a Virgin, I started screaming like I was getting fucked for the first time and about how painful it was. And, then, and it was just like, I'm a virgin, ah! You know, stuff like that. Before I, my last thing today, um, 
I we I did this uh, Thanksgiving celebration with our friends, and um, they were talking about how it would be fun to do a wife partner swap. Not because you actually want to have sex with somebody else. It's because your current partner doesn't like the food that you make or or you just don't like the same food. And so a culinary wife swap. Just so you could say like, oh great, I get to have ribs. So... So from me, from the music of Bright Brown, Oh boy, I really hope that this thing, my new solution works. And just remember, no matter how long the gap, we're gonna do this one more time. Till then!